time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday, July 20th, 2020. Happy Monday to everyone out there as we start another week of shows here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Really excited to uh, get it going, really, after a couple days off here. A lot of excitement, a lot of great guests uh, Look to look ahead uh, for, look forward to this week. I'm fired up this Monday. We got a lot of things to talk about. I don't know if we'll get to all of them. I might save some of them for tomorrow, but there may be more things that come up. So who knows? Uh, had a good weekend. Nothing too exciting. Kind of low key. Uh, had an opportunity to just kind of ra- relax. Uh, Saturday was a little slow and watched a few fights as I always do. And uh, just low key, man. Sunday, same thing. Not much going on. It's kind of weird when you're on quarantine because every single day, Seems like the same, uh, even though Saturdays and Sundays, have, as I've expressed before, they do have a different feeling to them. So uh, anyway, we took some time off here on the podcast. Just relax, recharge your batteries, as we always do. Tried to put together some uh, interviews in the upcoming future. Talk to a few guests, reach out to people. And sometimes it's just a matter of reaching out constantly to people. Everyone's busy, especially in this crazy year we're in. So uh, yeah, just got to keep at it. And so that's kind of what I do a lot of behind the scenes. I do want to say that, man, I wish I had done this sooner with the whole Zoom interview, the Zoom meeting. It's just a much cleaner version of an interview with the person you're talking to. Uh, they're on the other side and you can kind of feed off each other a little bit better seeing each other on camera. So uh, that's what my preference is going to be in going forward. Today on the program, we're joined by Danny Castro. Danny uh, did the interview, or Daniel, I guess is his uh, official name now that he's all grown up and everything. But I knew him as a kid when he was Danny. Uh, He was an eighth grader when uh, our paths crossed. I coached him among some other uh, friends of his at that age at Rio Hondo Prep. Uh, Last week or a couple weeks ago, Kevin Scarpio was on the podcast, and he was in the same class as Danny. And so... Uh, you'll hear some similar stories there, but uh, Danny was fun to talk to in the sense that he's just a sports guy. He's open to chat about any sports, really. He uh, does a little bit of work in real estate, and he's also a little active in the stock market as well, kind of learning a little bit about that. He's done well for himself. He just had a first child this year, him and his wife, Brittany. So a lot of uh, exciting news for them in 2020, even though for the rest of us, the uh, year 2020 has been a lot of disappointment, but one positive thing there with uh, the Castro family. So uh, it was great catching up with Danny. Can't wait for you guys to hear this interview. It's been a long, long time. He graduated Rio Hondo Prep in, I want to say, 2007, 8, maybe it is. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about all that and uh, just really happy with the uh, with the, the path and everything that he's taken and he's doing great things. But one thing I want to say about Danny's interview was that it is probably going to be the last one, at least 
uh, I'm, I'm thinking that was done over the phone. And you could definitely hear a difference in the audio with uh, how I'm talking now and then how I uh, sounded with the interview with Danny over the phone. So had I known about this whole Zoom thing, maybe we would have done that another time. But the interviews I've done over the weekend, uh, the past few days, have been done through Zoom. The sound quality is just so much better and it's a lot easier to have a conversation with someone when you are operating through the Zoom uh, feature of things. So that's what we're going to be doing going forward. Um, that is the plan. So forgive me for today for for maybe some of the audio issues as uh, so many of you like to joke with me about some of these things. But that's just how we operate here on the Get Home Safe podcast. I have been promoting for a few weeks now for, you know, fans and listeners to maybe get more involved and giving them opportunities and some voices uh, of just uh, different ways to, to tune in and to contribute to the program. And we'll, we'll talk about all that at the end of the show, like we always do, but we did receive uh, some contact from uh, someone who was actually on the program not too long ago. And his name was already mentioned today. Kevin Scarpio is an athletic trainer. He was on the program, I want to say two weeks ago now. But anyway, he sent in an email and he said uh, right here, actually he contacted us through Instagram, but he said, great week of shows. My mail in question is for a your soapbox topic. <laughs> I guess he's referring to the first 10, 15 minutes of the show here. He says, let's talk traditions. You had many guests talk about Rio Hondo Prep and, and giving uh, wristbands to kids after football games. I love the RHP wristband tradition. It was a great part of the RHP culture. I still have a few wristbands like many others and recall the kids that took my wristbands when I was playing. Throughout your journey, Matt, in sport, what are some of the great traditions you have seen teams do? Let me tell you three of mine. These are from Kevin Scarpio. Number one is the Iowa Hawkeyes football players. Uh, and fans turning and facing the children's hospital, I believe at the end of the first quarter, I could be wrong. And they wave to the children's hospital uh, that overlooks uh, the stadium that they can see and all the, it's a big moment. It's one of the best scenes you'll see in sports. Uh, that's Kevin. That's number one for Kevin's. I couldn't agree more. That's a great one. Uh, number two for Kevin's Texas A&M baseball ball chant for opposing pitchers. I don't know how many people watch college baseball or know about this, but the Texas A&M fans, if a opposing pitcher uh, throws uh, or walks a batter, I believe. I don't know if it's just walks a batter or if it's a walk a batter on four straight pitches. Well, after ball four, the crowd stands up. They all start doing like this uh, bowing down motion with their hands, really. And the whole chat crowd will chant ball five, ball five, ball five. And they just keep saying it. Uh, basically put in the pitcher's head like, hey, you just threw ball four to a guy. Uh, you're, you're, that's all you have on your mind now is ball, fi- ball five's coming up next. And the chant continues until the pitcher throws a strike. So what you see a lot of times is a pitcher will walk a guy, the crowd will get up, start chanting ball five, ball five, and then the pitcher will miss again to first pitch to the next batter. Then it goes to ball six. Ball six. It's pretty funny to see in person. And some pitchers who get rattled by it, I mean, the crowd continues to go ball seven, ball eight. I've only seen it get up to eight, I think. But uh, that's something the Texas A&M Aggies, uh, their fans do for their baseball game. So that was something that Kevin's mentioned here. And then uh, he also mentioned number three for him is the Clemson football players touching Howard's rock uh, while running down the hill and into 
uh, Death Valley, their football stadium. Uh, that is a pretty cool tradition. To my knowledge, the team leaves their locker room. They get in buses. The buses take them to the top of the stadium, and uh, the the team uh, touches Howard's Rock at the top of the, of the uh, stadium entrance there, and the team then uh, jogs downhill, which uh, seems a little dangerous at times, but they've been doing it a long time. And uh, anyway, it uh, that is something that the Clemson Tigers, one of the best football teams in all of America, does. Um, just a little bit here about Howard's Rock. It's a large piece of uh, white flint that is displayed at Clemson's Memorial Stadium. The rock is the center of a long-standing tradition where players touch it before running down the hill at the east end, uh, at the east end end zone at each home football game. So anyway, the, the rock was actually brought to one of their coaches, uh, to Frank Howard in the, in the 1960s. Uh, he found the walk, the, the rock while driving through death Valley, California, which is interesting. Anyway, that's what gives, uh, uh the reference to death Valley at, at the stadium. So it's, it's a pretty cool tradition. I will say this, Kevin's, uh, th- first of all, thank you for the contact. Uh, Kevin's continue to say your thoughts and insight is welcome to keep it up. So thank you, Kevin's, for reaching out to us on the Get Home Safe podcast and kind of get uh, just some conversation going. I'll tell you this, Kevin's, a few of the things I really like seeing. There are not so many things I've seen in in person during my sports travels and officiating and, and all that stuff. And in general, a lot of times we kind of don't see uh, what's going on at times. But I'll tell you a few of the things that I do enjoy, uh, a few of the traditions in sports that I think are uh, just an amazing part of the sport themselves. Uh, I wrote a few down here. Uh, For me, the Army-Navy football game is something that is incredibly special. We talked to Maynard Bajorquez, who was a West Point graduate. He was one of our earlier guests we've had on, and just talking about how special that rivalry is. Um, You know, it's it's a bitter rivalry, but at the end of the day, everyone's on the same team, and then is probably, you know, going in or is going into the armed forces one way or another. One special thing about that game, number one, it's the only game on, uh, to my knowledge, in uh, December. It's usually in between the conference, uh, after the conference championship games and all that, and there's just the Army-Navy game. It's the only college football game played that day, so that's special. But the best thing about the Army-Navy game is after the game, uh, both teams stand uh, and, and listen to the band play each school's alma mater. So if Army beats Navy, um, Army will go down to the Navy student section by the band, and they will sing, stand there while Navy sings their alma mater, stand there at attention, uh, su- supporting them. After that song is played, they the, both teams will then go to the other end of the field and listen to uh, the Army alma mater. And both schools stand at attention, uh, obviously – if it's your school, you're at more of attention and you're singing along. But that is why what Maynard said was so special. The goal is always to sing second. You want to sing second because the victorious team gets to sing second. The team that lost uh, sings first. And it's just really cool, special moment. One of the best things in all of sports. You see a lot of tears, tears of, uh, of uh, sadness and tears of joy as well. It's just a really special moving moment that I think is one of the best things in all of sports. Uh, just a few other little things, I guess we'll say, Kevin. I I love, uh, as you guys, I'm sure are tired of hearing of, I love, I love fighting. I love combat sports, right? So I think the walk 
a fighter's walk from the locker room, dressing room with his entourage, we'll say his coaches, trainers, sometimes some other people. I think that is one of the cool traditions in all the sports, the walk to the ring for boxers, the walk to the octagon for, uh, you know, UFC fighters. I think it's all, they always show it. And with this whole quarantine thing, lockdown, uh, it's changed a little bit, but there still is that walk, but there's nothing quite like the buildup to a big fight, the main event. And you see the fighters walking with their, their, it's a big entrance, right? Some will say it's a lot of uh, uh, pointless and useless stuff, but I think, the, the fighter walk, we'll say, is one of the best traditions uh, in sports. Uh, well, I'll tell, let me see this here. No, Los Angeles, I, I grew up in Los Angeles County. I've never been a L.A. City guy, but I've always been a fan of L.A. sports. I think any Laker or Dodger fans out there uh, who aren't aware of this, well, you haven't been to enough games, but I think one of the great traditions the Lakers and the Dodgers do is as soon as uh, it's a Laker victory or a Dodger victory, uh, Randy Newman's uh, "I Love LA" song comes on, and that intro, that, that that I mean, it's it's so great. And as the teams are high fiving, and and you are happy as a fan that your team won, just hearing that music after every singer, Lake, single Laker or Dodger victory uh, as a kid has always been something that has uh, stood with me. When I I have always loved that song, "I Love LA." It's a great song, uh, but at the same time, uh, I really have enjoyed it when you're at a sporting event and you get to hear that song, it's just, it's very LA. I'm sure other people, uh, people who are here from other parts of the country, they probably don't like the song and they think it's kind of lame, but I've always thought that was pretty special. Um, we'll talk about a couple college football things here, Ohio state. They have a, uh, one of the best bands in all of, uh, college football across the country. Uh, when they spell out the band pl- uh, spells out Ohio, uh, usually when they're on the field, and I believe uh, every, I think it's always a tuba player, but it's it's uh, usually you know a senior. They rotate guys in, basically who has the who gets to be the guy who dots the I in Ohio, and it's a special moment. It's the last guy they spell out Ohio, all the band members, and then the the last guy kind of marches out there. He dots the eye. He bows to the crowd. It's a pretty cool thing. And there's a lot of traditions like this, especially in college football. But it's one that has always spoken to me. I'm like, as a band guy, too, I've always liked bands. I thought that's always been pretty neat to to be the the lone guy that gets to dot the eye in spelling of Ohio. Uh, A couple more here. Uh, Notre Dame, I think it's a pretty iconic sign. Notre Dame leaving the locker room and and touching the uh, the play like a champion sign. Uh, I, I think that is pretty cool. It might be kind of you know lame or just uh, just uh, how do you say it? Uh, not very like it's a simple sign, but it's been around forever. I, I do say Notre Dame touches that sign often, but they haven't uh, had an opportunity to to be a champion uh, too often. So that is uh, that's my little dig there at the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, I got respect for their program. I love going to their campus. It's a it's a bucket list for me to go to a football game there, attend one. I've seen the the stadium. I've seen the campus. It's a beautiful place. Uh, but yeah, Notre Dame, uh, they might need to change a sign here soon because uh, they keep saying play like a champion. And, and I just, I, I don't know, they're not really uh, doing that. So they haven't uh, won the national title in a very, very long time. I'll say that. And uh, yeah, that's all I can say about Notre Dame football. But that, that touching of the sign is pretty cool. Uh, I think a lot of other teams try to do it or whatever as well. But I think Notre Dame is kind of the original with that whole, uh, with that whole, uh, you know, 
touching the sign type of thing. So I, I, in leaving and, you know, play like a champion, pretty cool thing. But again, they may need to rename that sign pretty soon. Um, a couple other things. I'll try to run through them here. Uh, as far as traditions, uh, the names, the naming of rivalry games, especially in college football, I think is really cool. You know, the iron bowl, Auburn, Alabama, uh, the civil war, Oregon versus Oregon state. Although I've heard, uh, in this, crazy world we're in now that 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 name is now that they they're going to have to rename that that uh, game between oregon and oregon state which uh, to me is uh pretty ridiculous but hey uh, to each his own uh some of the other i mean there's every every uh fancy game or fancy game every you know the, the the apple cup washington versus washington state all these rivalry games i love the tradition of having like a name for these different rivalry games it's a it's pretty cool when you think about all of them uh nhl when hockey got, when there's a fight, when two guys are scrapping at the end of it, I love when players are, are kind of clapping their sticks on the floor, on the ice, you know, basically like, Hey, yeah, we, you know, we got, we got respect for both of you guys for, uh, for tussling. I, I think that is one of the cool traditions. Uh, the Indy 500 after the Indy 500, I don't know why or, or how, or what the deal is probably should have looked it up, but it, you know, the winner gets to chug a big, uh, big jar of milk, Thought that's pretty cool. And then I will say the number one tradition that I love in all of sports, if I'm being completely honest, is the playing of the national anthem before sporting events. Yes. The star spangled banner where everybody stands and, uh, pays tribute to everyone who has come before us and uh the the brave people that i'm sure will come after us so uh, that is probably my favorite tradition in all the sports that you get to stand for the national anthem and because we live in a, an amazing country and despite all of the terrible things that are going on that uh, that is a tradition that i will continue to honor and uh, i hope others do the same as well so kevin's thank you again for your email but i just want to say uh guys anyone else wants to to uh, chime in with an email or uh, various ways to contact us. Uh, that's kind of what we'll do. If you, if you chime in, I will give my two cents in a response or whatever the case may be. We are really happy to hear from anyone we hear from and uh, we'll do stuff just like that. If you, you uh, have a question or a suggestion for some content, we'll definitely uh, uh, not only talk about it on the air, but we'll give you some credit as well. And uh, yeah, Kevin's thank you so much for uh, writing in and thank you for listening. I know you're a very avid listener and uh, just really appreciate the listenership and the, uh, you know, for uh, chiming in and, and giving us uh, some support there. So thanks again, Kevin. Well, guys, with that said, let's get to our interview with Danny Castro. I can't wait for you guys to uh, hear kind of all the great things that uh, he's, he's doing in his life. It was an absolute pleasure to catch up with him. So we'll get right to it. We will take a quick break as always, and then we'll get right into the interview with Danny Castro. Okay, joining us today is Danny Castro. Danny works in real estate, has a little bit of uh, work he does in the stock market. I knew him back when he was an eighth grader. I was a freshman in college, had just graduated Real Hondo Prep, and Danny was an eighth grade uh, boy uh, there at Real Hondo Prep as well. And he had a great class, me and my fellow uh, classmate, Bill Ritter, had just graduated, and we had the opportunity and privilege to coach uh, Danny's class at, as we were right out of high school. So those are our earliest memories. And he's all grown up now. He's, uh, he's a recent father. Uh, he uh, is doing some great work uh, in, in real estate. And, uh, and he will tell us all about his 
uh, college years, his career path, where he's at now, how COVID-19 has affected his life, a lot of different things. But first, let's welcome him. Danny Castro, welcome to the program, man. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate uh, you having me on the show. Oh, man, absolutely. It's been a long time, man. I mean, you talk to some people, you, uh, you know, you see them, you talk uh, maybe through social media here and there. But I haven't talked to you. I want to say, man, well, it's 2020. It's been at least 10 years. Something like that. I know. I know it's been a while. <laughs> it is crazy. I, ha- I had an opportunity to interview your classmate, Kevin Scarpio, who's doing great things with, uh, you know, in the athletic training field that he's done. And it was fun t- with talking to him about that, specifically that eighth grade year. Uh, he was in your class, some great names from that class, uh, you know, as well, that hopefully we get a chance to talk to. Uh, but it just took me back, and I can't believe that that's been, let's see, 03, 04. Oh, my goodness, it's been like 17 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Oh, my goodness. It makes well, me feel old. I don't know what it, how it makes you feel. <laughs> oh, man, shots fired. I love it. I love it. Uh, man, I was, it was fun coaching you guys because, you know, I was five years older than you guys, roughly, and – uh, you know, I, it, I had been in eighth grade, you know, not too long before you guys and, uh, you know, myself. So it was fun to, to be back in that environment and working with uh, young men. And for me, it was, uh, I was really bummed out after playing days ended at Rio and everything. But, you know, life goes on. And me and Bill Ritter got to pair up with Todd Carson. And we got to work with you guys, the seventh graders also, but, but you guys, uh, you know, were, were the, uh, the big dogs on, in the junior high department. So <laughs> tell, me, tell me, man, what can you tell me about some of those, uh, those days in eighth grade, even though they were 17 years ago? I know. Um, eighth grade, the biggest thing that stands out to me, uh, you, you probably remember it, is when I uh, broke, our, broke my leg in our championship football game. Yeah, um, against Santa Ana. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's uh, I didn't want to bring it up, but you did. So uh, I remember Bill Ritter and I were standing there on the sideline. Uh, the game was out of re- you know we we got beat up pretty bad that game, and we're standing there on the sideline, and you were running the ball, scrambling, and you got tackled right in front of Bill and I, right in front of our sideline, yeah. and you went to the ground. And we heard everything. We heard uh, <laughs> we heard your, your your cries for help. We'll say. Uh, and Bill just turned. Uh, I, I I no, was it me? Yeah, Bill had the cell phone. I turned right to Bill. I go call nine one one right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it was bad. That was ugly, man. That was really really ugly. And I was really glad that you were able to move forward and and still have uh you know move on from that because that was a pretty gruesome gruesome injury man I don't know how you move forward after that especially getting back on a football field yeah um I I want to say it was I know the game wasn't over yet but uh I don't know if they called the game or what happened after because I was carted off the field in an ambulance so whatever happened after that I don't know (laughs) (laughs) we were getting beat bad I don't know what quarter it was but we yeah they everyone decided hey you know what let's uh Let's just call it right now that the game's probably order, over. And, uh, yeah, away you went. And I think we saw you a few days later and we visited and everything. And, you know, yeah. I don't think I remember about you always have a pretty positive attitude. And uh, even when you're kind of sitting there with a broken leg, just kind of hanging out, reading magazines or whatever, you just kind of seem like almost nothing happened, even though you had pretty gruesome injury. Yeah, I mean, you try. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, speaking of injuries, let me ask you this, Danny. You're a big sports fan, and you know what? Yeah. There's, there's, you suffered a pretty bad injury. I broke my collarbone once in football. I had a few concussions. Mm-hmm. I mean, specifically football. Do you think th- there's always this constant fear right now, and maybe it's just being pushed on us? I don't know, but people want us to talk how unsafe football is, how kids should not play football until maybe later in their high school years and everything. And yeah, there's a bunch of injuries that happen, but. I, I don't know. For me in general, I, I wasn't the one with a broken leg that day, but uh, <laughs> what can you say about, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you're a father now and it, you know, it's, you have a, a beautiful daughter, but you know, having a son someday, what, what will your thoughts be on potentially uh, young men, young kids playing tackle football? Um, I mean, if, if I do have a son one day and, and he wanted to play and let's just assume that, you know, um, depending on what the rules were, they would allow you to play tackle football. Um, yeah, I would, I would definitely um, allow him to play. Awesome, man. Well, I, I think, uh, again, I've talked to a few different people about that topic and, you know, all anyone wants to ever talk about is, is injuries and oh, bad things can happen. Well, uh, as we know, <laughs> bad things can happen at any time, anywhere, uh, especially with this crazy year we've been having. So, it's nice to hear that despite a, a pretty bad injury that uh, you, you're still a supporter of uh, football, it sounds like. Yeah. I've, um, I mean, if, if I can make a point about it, um, I'll, since, since I do a lot of work in the stock market, you know, I trade in the stock market, you know, I'm in something one day out the same day, maybe hold it a week, hold it a month, whatever it may be. Um, you know, there's always risk in that. And people like to find risk in in things they don't know, or they haven't found the time to understand or, you know, figure out. And I think football is the exact same way. You know, if you can find someone who can, you know, show you how to tackle properly, um, you know, show you how to, let's just say if you're quarterback, you know, slide properly, get down, you know, those are the things that you can do to mitigate, you know, risk and, and, you know, play safe. Oh, it's, it's very well said. Uh, very, uh, I, I, I'm a very visual guy, Danny. So stuff, when you, when you put it in sports terms for me, it always, <laughs> it always helps a guy like me, uh, you know, and that's something I think uh, I remember about you and, and your class, but specifically you as an eighth grader, you were a, you were a sports guy. You, you were very involved. You enjoyed watching sports. You, you always had some, some strong opinions, uh, as a lot of us do on sports. So that always stood out to me amongst your classmates and everything. And, uh, you, you know, uh, outside of, uh, I mean, well, outside of your eighth grade playing days, I mean, have you always kind of been a, a big sports fan with uh, big sports opinions kind of on uh, uh, your daily uh, going through life, I should say? Oh, yeah. I'm a huge sports junkie. I mean, if if it's on TV and – I mean, I guess it doesn't even need to be on TV. If I can go somewhere, you know, and watch, you know, people compete, you know, obviously to win because it's not sports if no one's winning. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, any, anything there is, football, baseball, basketball, tennis, hockey, I mean, you name it, it's a sport. People are competing. I'm going to watch it. Oh, man, amen to that. And, and I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, I miss the random middle of the week uh, college basketball games on, a, you know, on a Tuesday or Wednesday. I miss, you know, the, uh, yeah. the base baseball being here every day. I know sports are coming back, but w- what have your thoughts been about this whole 
since March, basically not having sports. I mean, we've never experienced anything like this where there's this big uh, gap in uh, watching sports on television. Um, I mean, myself personally, I thought the virus was going to go away um, a while ago, but obviously it hasn't. And that's kind of kept sports on the sideline, which was very difficult for me because that's kind of, you know, my outlet. Um, and it's probably a lot of other people's outlet as well. Um, the only the only thing that I could think that is similar to this is when uh, when 9-11 happened. And I think sports only stopped for a week. And that week, I, I mean, yes, a horrible thing happened to our country. Um, but, you know, I, I was in sixth grade when it happened. So I wasn't really able to, you know, grasp everything. Because um, to me, sports was life. I was like, oh, man, you know, we're not having sports for a week. And uh, it's... It's it's just crazy how long that this this thing has lasted. Yeah, I mean, we're in the middle of March. I, I couldn't imagine a time where March Madness just would not happen. Or for me, my college baseball season, uh, umpiring, that just washed away. The NBA season, they, they cut that short. I mean, hockey, all these different sports that are there all the time for you, and they're just gone in a, in a blink of an eye. And it's taken some time even before we get back to it. Uh, yeah, I remember 9-11 and having, you know, the football season that upcoming, it happened on a Tuesday, I believe, and that upcoming weekend, they didn't play games. They pushed everything back. The World Series ended up getting pushed back, uh, you know, a week or so in October and spilled into November, I believe. And it was, that was a crazy time, but that was only a week. It was a week long and yeah. they got back. Yeah. And they got back to it because they were like, you know what? Uh, the country, everyone's hurting right now. I think sports will help heal us. And I wish there was more of that now. It's been a long time. I think that's why sports are starting to come back. I think that I think people are underestimating just how significant sports can be as a healing process. Oh yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It, it, I mean, I know it's coming back. Baseball will be here. Uh, I've I've actually even before this quarantine and, and everything that's gone on, I've branched out a little bit. I've started to watch more combat sports. I've I've checked out golf a little bit more. Uh, I've watched uh, you know I've watched different sports. I've checked out car racing, just trying to learn a little bit. And I don't have to love them, but I'm definitely. If there's something on, I'll, I'll check it out. That's kind of where I'm at in my life these days. So, I mean, what are, what are your favorite sports, Danny, and, and kind of where do you rank them? Or are you kind of all over the place or just a couple sports? Tell me about some of your interests. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm all over the place. Um, but, you know, growing up playing football, um, football is kind of like your number one. So whether it's, you know, high school, um, college, professional, um, it doesn't matter what age level, if it's on, you're going to watch it. You know, you're going to, you're going to tune into it just to watch, uh, mm-hmm. you know, teams compete against each other. Um, one sport that I really, um, got into after I graduated high school was, uh, tennis. Um, and I'll watch all the, the, the grand slams. Uh, so they have one, uh, down under in Australia, they have one in, uh, in London, the Wimbledon, they have one. Uh, France, the French Open, and then obviously the U.S. Open. And my my wife will attest to this: when the Australians, when the Australian Open is on at you know two o'clock in the morning, men's 
<laughs> final. I'll be up watching. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. And so what what was the determining factor in kind of to taking an interest in tennis, for instance, because that's not, uh, I'll call it a mainstream sport here in America, maybe other places. Yeah. How did, what, what kind of piqued your interest and, and what hooked you? Um, I think just watching, and, and I'm strictly talking about uh, singles here, um, just watching two athletes compete each, uh, against each other. Um, yes, you have a coach, but the, the coach can't coach you from the sideline. So you have to figure out tactically, you know, what you're going to do to win. Um, and that's just something that really intrigued me. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think there's any other sport like that where you have to figure it out on your own. And if you don't, you are, I mean, I hate to say it, but you're, but you're the sole cause for your loss. You have no one to blame it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just, you know, really, really spoke to me. Uh, that's pretty fascinating. I, I like that. I do think the individual sports, uh, even though they have coaches, you know, it, it this that is a pretty straightforward game. You versus me. I got to figure you out. And also, man, uh, I've I've played a little tennis. Not uh, you know, just go out <laughs> and swing it around a little bit as we're kind of joking around with friends and stuff. It's it's pretty difficult. I don't know how many tennis balls I've I've hit over fences because I can't quite place it <laughs> over the net and in in between the lines. And then, of course, the whole cardio, running, stopping, starting. I mean, that, that's just uh, got to be exhausting for those athletes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, what was it? The, uh, Wimbledon. Isner versus uh, Nicholas Mahout. I mean, that match lasted three days. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, but it just kept going on and on and on. And the physical endurance that you need, you know, who, whose will is going to break first. And it was, it was just amazing to watch. I, I have heard, yeah, a few <laughs> matches have gone for hours and hours and hours. And uh, yeah, it, it's pretty wild. It, it's crazy for me. You know, I, okay. I'm a, a referee guy, right? Always appreciated officiating. And it's been funny to me that tennis stars, maybe it's because it's so quiet out there. But tennis stars, they really have a way of barking at, at uh, chair officials or, uh, you know, I don't know how it all works. But, man, I'm like, man, there's some pretty big tantrums thrown in tennis by some of these athletes. Of course, John McEnroe is famous for it, but there's been some other ones as well. I saw Serena uh, blow a gasket, basically. I don't watch a lot of tennis or anything, but I saw it on SportsCenter and looked more into the story. And yeah, then to see that basically her actions are what caused her to lose. I was like, well, that was a pretty stupid thing to do, I think. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's it, I don't know what it is about tennis, but the athletes just tend to uh, to get a little crazy there. That wasn't a good look on Serena that day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, I mean, when you when you're out there and you're on your own and you need to figure it out and, you know, championship match you know something's going to happen. So. <laughs> no doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. Uh, well, well, Danny, uh, you know, I did, definitely did not plan on talking tennis on this uh, podcast <laughs> at any time in my life, but uh, you just never know what you're going to talk about with people. So thank you for bringing that, uh, breaking that up. That's something new for sure. Any other sports you, you kind of have an interest in that are a little more uh, not as popular, I guess? Um. 
I mean, I, I guess you would have to define not as popular. I mean, I'll, if it's, if, if it's a sport, I'll watch it. Okay. Um, but uh, like I said, if, if it's on TV, I'll watch it. And I don't think it's crazy. <laughs> so, so now that you're a married man now for a couple of years, is it, is it kind of, uh, does Brittany come in the room and she's just like, oh, you're watching something else again? Or is she interested in sports? What's that dynamic like? I'm not sure how it happened, but when we first started dating, this was a while ago, we started, I think, dating in 08. And, uh, you know, she would be like, oh, you, you know, you're watching, you're watching this game right now, or, you know, you have to watch this right now. Like, can't you watch a replay? <laughs> and I say, you can, you can never watch a replay. Live sports is as good as it gets. <laughs> um, you know, it is, it is the best drama on tv because there's there's no script you know anything can happen and uh over the last couple years um you know it's just grown upon her you know we'll watch um you know tennis matches together she likes more of the women's uh than the men um but you know when there was march madness you know we would watch march madness um you know college football playoff games nfl playoff games you know you name it so um it's pretty interesting and pretty cool that's outstanding i love hearing that uh true love and sports uh, it's beautiful it's a beautiful <laughs> thing uh you know what because uh, that's not always the case like you said it could go another way like oh you're watching this again but you are 100 percent right that it is unscripted uh, i like television shows i like movies uh yeah there's some cool uh, plot twists this and that but there's just nothing like competition and watching the best athletes in the world at a certain sport or the college level even it's just wonderful to see because you never know as soon as a ball is kicked off or the first pitch is thrown uh, or uh, you know the puck is dropped anything can happen after that and I think there's there's natural drama that occurs in sports uh, you know outside of just these amazing plays as well it's just something uh, I don't know how I get through life without it and I've I've <laughs> I've had to a little bit here the past few months. So it's good to hear that there's other sports fans like me out there that will watch kind of anything that's on the television. Oh yeah. Outstanding stuff, Danny. Well, you and uh, your wife, Brittany uh, just had a, uh, a lovely young uh, daughter, Sophia. I've seen some of the pictures, yes. uh, outstanding stuff. You guys now live in Glendora, which is my hometown where I grew up. Uh, so what can you tell me, man, what, what this has been like uh, becoming a dad, especially during the COVID-19 lockdown? Uh, it definitely had to present some challenges, right, with uh, maybe some of the situations in the hospitals and such? Yeah, so uh, when we found out she was pregnant, um, you know, that was pre-COVID. Um, so everything was fine. And then, you know, COVID started rolling around. Um, what was that middle of February? And we said, okay, you know, this is going to blow over in, you know, maybe a month or two. Um, you know, our, our daughter that, that we have, she was, um, she was supposed to be due on the uh, 13th, but she was a week late. So we said, okay, you know, this is just pushing more time so we can, uh, uh, you know, all be in the room together because when, COVID was going on when she was going to our doctor's appointments, only she could go in the room. I couldn't go with her, anything like that. Um, so it was just kind of an interesting task because obviously both of us have, 
never gone through this before. This was her first pregnancy. And to not be able to be there with someone, you know, if, you know, they need you or they rely on you for something, it's kind of hard. So fast forward to us getting to the hospital um, for her pregnancy. We were locked in a room for five straight days. No one could come in or go out. And if, if we were to go out, me, the only person being able to go out, I couldn't come back in. So I was locked in there with her. And that was probably one of the most difficult things I had to do because you have no outlet. It's just you and four walls, a TV and, and food. Um, it might sound great to some people, but until you actually do it, it is. Just- oh, oh my God. <laughs> no, that's, that is crazy to think about it. And, and I know that, uh, you know, there, you guys aren't the only people who've had to go through that. I'm sure there's a ton of people, uh, you know, babies being born every day here. And, uh, that's, that's incredible. I can't believe, uh, you guys had to go through that. That's just, I, I'm glad everything worked out and you guys got through it, but yeah, you're right. Uh, the two of you in, in a room, just, uh, uh, I'm assuming the room wasn't that big and, uh, you, you really literally could not go anywhere. You could not leave the room. Yeah, no. Uh, actually, the, fir- the first day, maybe the first three hours we got there, the day ship said, you know, we could go walk around this little uh, rotunda outside, outside of our room. And then the night ship came on and we had asked, hey, you know, can we go walk around? They said, no, you have to stay in your room. So it was like that the whole way. Oh, on. my goodness. That, that's just insane. And could you see were there other were there other families and such like like you guys the situation you guys were in on that floor or that wing of the hospital? No, we saw no one. The only people that came in the room uh, were hospital staff. We saw no other, um, you know, husbands, wives, or you know, partners coming in and out of the hospital. Wow. Well, that's a lot of Netflix uh, to watch on your phone for uh, five days there, man. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So five days you break out. I mean, did you just go to all your favorite? Well, I wouldn't say your favorite restaurants because because they're not open either. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> after being locked down, feeling like a free man. Yeah. I mean, even though we were in a quarantine, that was like a quarantine in itself. I mean, just being able to leave the hospital premises. The, the first place we went to go. I knew it. I, we went to go get I food. I knew it. I knew it. That a boy. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, well, uh, you know, all the, all the, you know, the challenges aside, I mean, Danny, tell me, uh, you know, what it's been like now to be a father for, for a few months. I mean, uh, you and Brittany must, must just be so thrilled uh, with uh, how everything turned out at least. And, and you guys just got to be so proud and, and just happy right now. Right. It's awesome. Um, I, I will definitely say whatever you are thinking to expect you can just throw it out the window (laughs) put the game away you can yeah um it's what is it that that mike uh that mike tyson quote you know everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face i mean i'm not saying that you know having a child is like getting punched in the face but you don't know what's going to happen and you just got to be on your toes all the time (laughs) that's crazy man And, and yeah to think that you know, you were once, uh, we all were, uh, we used to be a, a very young child 
and uh, developed over the years and, and our parents had to deal with us as well. And now it's full circle. That's got to be pretty crazy, man. But I'm very happy for both of you guys. Uh, and then, of course, uh, living in a great town of Glendora, where I'm from. I mean, that's just that's your bonus, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a great city. Um, you're able to get a little more bang for your buck over here, uh, which is nice. And it's a lot quieter. We're I would say we're more introverted people. I mean, we do like to go out, but we're not the the city people that, you know, like the the apartment living or, you know, the townhouse living right by each other. Um, you know, we like our space and our distance. So <laughs> it's, it's, a yeah, area. yeah, that's great stuff, man. Yeah. Glendora shuts down about seven o'clock. So you're good to go there. Uh, but uh, yeah, in, in the whole state, the whole country really has been shut down uh, for a long time now. How is, how is the Corona lockdown affected you guys in your daily lives? Uh, you obviously were going through this, this pregnancy together, which uh, we've already talked about, but just in general, like, are you still able to go to work? What's it kind of been like? Are you working more from home? Uh, tell us, uh, tell us kind of how things have been for you. Um, so I, I guess you would say I have three jobs. Um, I work with my parents, work for my parents. Um, we have an essential service. It's a, uh, uh, commercial, uh, property maintenance service. So we have, you know, 25 employees, they go out to work. They're not in contact with people because it happens, uh, you know, during the night when there aren't cars in the, in the parking lot. So they're able to sweep them. There are some people who do work during the days, um, but they have minimal to no contact with anybody. Um, I still go in the office every day um, for that job. Real estate is actually kind of funny. Um, I do some real estate investing and I actually purchased a investment property uh, with my dad and it was an online auction. Usually these auctions are done at site, but because of COVID, um, you know, you can't gather, you can't have people saying, you know, I'll bid a thousand more here, a thousand more there, whatever. So, you know, push the button and you can own, you know, your, your auction home. Um, so that's pretty interesting. And in the stock market, I mean, I do that every single day. I can do it from pretty much wherever in the world. So that's not a problem. Wow. That's great stuff. So what is your kind of, what is your experience working with the stock market? I mean, someone who's not very uh, intelligent in that field, like myself, what can you tell us about some of the, uh, the different things you do and kind of what, what inspired your interest to uh, dive into it a little bit more? Um, well, the stock market for me was just another way to uh, earn income. Um, you know, I had dreams and aspirations of, you know, becoming a physical therapist, getting my doctorate in physical therapy. Um, I went to Cal State Fullerton, got my bachelor's degree in exercise physiology, wanted to start a family and said, you know, $100,000 in student loans that I'm going to rack up three years of college isn't going to work. So I'm going to have to find another outlet. So, you know, I stumbled upon the stock market. Um, you know, anyone who starts, they're going to take their licks. I took my licks. But um, I mean, it's, it's a great vehicle to make money if you, if you learn how. And that's something that 
I've learned how to do from, you know, different mentors that I've had. And going back to the football um, analogy about uh, risk, the stock market is exactly the same. If you don't know what you're doing, of course, it's risky. But if you can, you know, learn how to navigate your way through it, you'll be able to find success. Interesting. It's just a risk reward type of uh, type of uh, experience. Right. And I mean, I've been educated a little bit more here in the past few months because we I think we all have, uh, you know, my roommate, he, he kind of dives into it a little bit. But basically, we talked a few months ago about how a lot of stocks were really down uh, because of the whole lockdown and everything yeah. and how it would have been smart, really, to buy or uh, to invest in some of the shares in some of these companies that were down because you knew they were going to take off later on. So, I mean, was that kind of similar to what your experience has been like the past couple months? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's sad to say, but I make most of my money, uh, shorting stocks. (laughs) So I, I made money on the way down and on the way back up as well. So, uh, I mean, the the stock market is you know meant to be efficient and prices will go higher but it's never going to go higher all the time and if you can capitalize on those down moves you know shorting the stock um you'll be in an even better position interesting well keep your phone close to you over these next couple months danny you might uh, you might get some text <laughs> messages from me uh i don't know who else out there is interested but I, I i'm trying to learn i'm at a stage in my life i know i'm a little little older now, but I'm trying to, to learn a little bit about a lot of different things and not be an expert on anything, but just kind of uh, learn, learn a little bit about a lot of different things. And, and the stock market is definitely something I wish I had paid more attention to and learned a little bit more about at a younger age. But life goes on. We, we learn to uh, work with the, the hand we're dealt, this and that. Uh, Danny, you talked about um, your college years and how you just decided to you – ha- you had – you had one goal in mind uh, and you just over time said, you know, you made the best decision for you at the time and decided to switch your career paths. I mean, was there any hesitation at all in, in making that decision as far as you had this goal that you were working towards and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I don't think this is a good fit for me because there's a lot of people who go through that. So just kind of talk to us about uh the, the feelings and, and eventually making that decision uh, the way that you did. Yeah. So I'm the type of person that wants to work for myself. Um, I'll kind of take it back to when we we're talking about tennis, you know, singles, one on one, you're basically the one who determines your fate. And I want to be the one to determine my fate. So I want to work for myself. And I knew that if I was going to get my doctorate in physical therapy, it was going to take me three years to do. I was probably going to have to work under someone for multiple years. And like I mentioned before, that time frame was just way too far for me. So I said, you know, I'm going to make a left turn up here, um, do real estate, do the stock market, and... The, the only thing that I can say to people is, is that don't be afraid to change what you're going to do. 
you know, there's, there's no problem with, with doing that. I think that's a great way to look at it because I, I've, I've felt that way about a lot of different things. And I think sometimes we can get bogged down by the whole, we have a goal and we either start to see that maybe that goal or that dream even is starting to crumble a little bit and maybe it's not quite attainable. And so you, you can definitely get frustrated. I know I have over the years. And it's like, no, 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 it's okay. It, this is life. This is how life is. I mean, you even talked about it being a new parent. You have a game plan. You have a goal. You have these things you think are supposed to go one way, and it's completely the opposite thing. So I think it's related to everything you do in life. Uh, having goals are good, maybe even some dreams. But at the end of the day, you got to be willing to uh, adjust and, and maybe go a different direction at times. And that's something that I struggle with early on. I'm doing a little bit better job at it now. But I think that's just uh, that's just living life for all of us, right? Yeah, I I I couldn't agree more. Well, we're kind of going a little backwards here, Danny, but that's totally fine. We'll go uh, Benjamin <laughs> Buttons, maybe if you if you will. Uh, but you know, that's totally fine. Tell me about your. We touched on uh, Rio Hondo Prep a little bit, your eighth grade year, and uh, that was really my only um, interaction with you guys. What can you tell me about your days at Rio Hondo Prep? Uh, whether it was uh, junior high time, going into high school. I mean, uh, so many people on this program have gone through the Real Hondo Prep uh, school system and have uh, great experiences to share, whether it be summer trips or whatever. What, so just in general, what are your thoughts on your experiences there from Rio Hondo Prep? Um, I wouldn't change anything for the world. Uh, I thought it was a great experience. Um, being able to play uh, football, basketball, baseball um, with all the same guys for multiple years was a blast. Being able to go on trips with the same guys you're, you're playing sports with was a blast. And uh, you definitely build a great camaraderie with everybody. And one thing is you can't really take that for granted because, you know, once you leave high school, yeah, you'll see them, but you know, people start to, to deviate and go on different paths, which is great. Um, but just cherish the moment while you're in it. Very well said. I mean, do are you like me where, where sometimes you'll just be sitting, probably watching a ball game on the couch or something, and you'll be like, oh, I wonder what so-and-so is up to these days. Or I wonder what my buddy from uh, high school, what I haven't talked to him or, or him or her in a long time. I wonder what they're up to. I mean, do you, do you, do you kind of have those thoughts like the rest of us do? Oh, yeah. I mean, it'll be totally random thing on TV and it'll spark something in my mind about playing sports. And I'll remember someone doing this or being on a trip and someone doing this. And I'll be like, I haven't talked to that person forever. Let me, <laughs> you know, hit them up on a text or, you know, give them a call or social media, whatever. It <laughs> it's funny that the, my girlfriend teases me. She's like, you have so many people, you know, you stay in touch with so many different people. And I'm like, well, you know, it is 2020. We have cell phones. We have uh, social media. We have, uh, you know, email addresses. It's pretty easy if we put in the effort to send someone a text message or a, 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 an email or something to just say, hey, man, I haven't talked in a long time. What's going on? How are things? I mean, I don't think we do enough of that. I, I hope that during this lockdown, it's something that more people have done because there's really no excuse anymore, right, with uh, all the technology at our hands. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I, I don't want to speak for the people who aren't doing it, but I mean, if you aren't reaching out to people, then I guess you don't want to reach out to people or you don't want to have people reach out to you. So. That's true. That's true. And, and you know what, dude, like you mentioned already, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, being a little more introverted. I know I am as well. I, I enjoy talking with friends and everything, but I'm also fine just kind of hanging out by myself or with a, a handful of friends or close loved ones. Like you, it's funny the things you can get used to. Uh, and they're not like bad things. They're just sometimes whichever direction your life goes, you're just like, yeah, I guess this is, this is how things are for me. But, but at the same time, I do wonder what guys like, you know, Austin Napolitano, Jeff Boyle, Alex McNeese, what all, what all those guys from your eighth grade class are up to. Cause it's been way too long. Yeah. Um, funny thing when, when I had said I would do the, uh, the podcast with you, Austin Napolitano was actually the first person that I thought of because he was the tight end who missed the block that caused me to break. Oh, Austin, (laughs) Austin. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I don't know if he's apologized for that. We'll have to, we'll have to search him out and get him, get him uh, on the show sometime. Cause he was a great, great player. He went on to play uh, basketball, I think at Damian high school and just a great player. Uh, he was the biggest kid in your class for sure, but a uh, nice kid overall and uh, was was fun to to kind of joke and tease with and everything. All you guys, man, that was just such a fun year. I mean, you know, <laughs> you always you always had that like little sniper comment, Danny. You were always like, it was like kind of in the background and you'd make a little comment, <laughs> like a little sniper comment and be like, well, Castro, what are you, <laughs> Castro's chiming in again. <laughs> Yeah, and I actually remember the the play call that I broke my leg on. You called the quadruple option right. And, uh, yeah, Austin was supposed to stay in and block. Missed his block. He was going out for the pass. Huge Simone guy, you know, literally sits on me. And oh. uh, the rest is history. Oh, my goodness, dude. Yeah, you got you got bent and ha- – oh, my – that was so ugly. I don't want to – it's a long time ago, but still, that was – you look down, and, and being a referee, I went on to referee a lot of high school football, college football, saw some really gruesome injuries, but uh, right up close, too. But that one was one of the first where I was standing 10 feet from it, from it when it happened. And I went, oh, Danny. Oh, poor guy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I've been calling you Danny this whole time. I noticed on your your, uh, your Facebook, another thing, I think you Daniel. Do you go by Daniel now that you're a grown man and a father and everything? Um, I mean, my friends will call me Danny. Um, you know, when I went to college, everyone called me Daniel. So, I mean, I, I respond to anything. I mean, as long as it's not a, a bad word or anything. <laughs> awesome. Well, Danny Castro. Yeah. You still, you st- I can't believe it's been 17 years, but you still, you're always going to be that, that eighth grade kid, that quarterback, uh, that kid who, uh, always seemed to, uh, have some little sports knowledge to him and, uh, you know, be, he uh, have good good opinions on sports for that matter back then, and I'm sure now. Uh, Danny, as far as like favorite teams, uh, one thing that that sticks out to me about you is uh, you're one of the few Rams fans I know, uh, of course, <laughs> and so that always fires a guy like me up, and I get teased for talking Rams football on this show sometimes. But anyway, uh, tell me about your experience as a Rams fan. Are, are, have you always been one? Was your dad a Rams fan? Kind of what's that whole process been like? Because not everyone here in L.A. is. Yeah, so growing up, 
um, I was actually a Denver fan um, because I had a great aunt and great uncle who lived in Denver. So for my birthday, they would always get me Denver gear. So I naturally was a Denver fan because there was no LA team. So, you know, they were my team. Uh, my dad has always been a Rams fan. Um, he liked them when they were in St. Louis as well. And then when they came back, I was like, well, we got a team now. You know, it looks kind of weird wearing Denver gear. Um, my dad's a fan. So, you know, I'll just, I'll be a fan as well. Well, God bless Mr. Castro because he was uh, he was like a lot of us, a lot of us, Mr. Uh, a lot of us Rams fans here who I was a kid growing up and, you know, I went to games as a kid. And, and so I totally get when kids or adults like, OK, there weren't L.A. Rams fans. I know I'm, I'm stubborn about it, but it's like people chose teams that they had like no connection to. You tell a great you have a great connection there uh, about Denver. I've had some family in Denver, so I've always kind of chimed in to watch how they're doing as well. But so many people, it's like uh, you're in you're in uh, L.A. and you're a Cowboys fan, or you're a I don't even know San Francisco. That drive that <laughs> one drives me nuts. I know they're in the same state, but man, how can you root for a team from San Francisco when you're an L.A. guy? I just don't understand wearing the Dodgers hat, hating the San Francisco Giants, and then throwing on a San Francisco 49er jersey. That just drives me crazy. But uh, maybe I'm just a little extreme. I don't know. No, I, I actually uh, listened to your interview with Gabe, and I found that <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. You guys over 49er fans when there were NFL teams here. Like, I hate the Raiders, but you, at least wear yeah. the silver and black. Where's this 49er stuff come from? Oh, it's yeah. a pandemic. It's a pandemic, yeah. Danny. I mean, you can't. In, in my eyes, you can't be a fan just because they're good. You have to have some type of uh, some type of connection. Oh yeah, well you preach preach the question. You know, any anyone any anyone can be a fan of a good team at any. Yeah, time. no, I, I hear you there. And I mean, have you kind of been a LA guy with other sports as well? I mean, Lakers, Dodgers, or the the other teams here in Southern California. As far as you know, the major the major sports: basketball, baseball, hockey. Are you still kind of an LA fan guy? Uh, yeah. So for, for baseball, definitely Dodgers, basketball, definitely Lakers, um, hockey. I mean, to me, I mean, the Kings, I, I follow it, but I wouldn't say I'm a, a hardcore Kings fan. Like when they won the championship a couple of years ago, everyone was, you know, <laughs> hooraying for them. And I was like, yeah, of course they're from LA. You're going to be a fan of theirs, but are you really a fan of theirs? <laughs> yeah, I hear, I hear you there. I mean, I hear you. Um, some people, yeah, they're like, oh yeah, oh, there's a game on. It's like, dude, you didn't know uh, who was playing earlier. This- Name me four <laughs> players on the team from last year you know, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're a fan yeah, now? I know. Lifelong fan since uh, 2016. Uh <laughs> Well, well, tell me more about the Rams uh, because I don't get to talk to too many great, you know, Rams fans. Uh, people with uh, clear vision like yourself, clear-minded people who are uh, appreciate the uh, the blue and gold. First of all, uh, you know, they come back in 2016, and it was huge for the city of LA, despite what many other people think, to have football back in LA. And I know the Chargers are here too, but that's a different story. Uh, LA Rams have a history here, the first professional sports team to play in Los Angeles. We'll say that again. Uh, and, and so Danny, what was it like for you and your dad? Uh, Cause that's a special experience. 
to have a, the connection like that, your dad, how was your dad? Was it like this unbelievable moment? The fact that the Rams were back in Los Angeles after almost 30 years of being gone. Uh, all Rams fans can really cheer about that first year was them being back because the uh, season didn't go so well. So tell me yeah. about the Rams <laughs> being back in LA that first year with you and your dad. Yeah. So when they came back, uh, we actually got season tickets. So we've been season tickets holders since they've come back. Um, we've had them every year. We didn't renew um, for this coming year because of the stadium, the ticket prices were just outrageous. Um, and it's, it was an even further drive. Um, and we didn't know what all the rules were going to be about uh, tailgating and everything like that. So, so we passed on that. But, uh, it, I mean, it was, it was a great experience. We were able to go to games with, uh, with friends. And, you know, it was just another thing for us to, to do together, hang out, have fun. And watch Absolutely, man. And, you know, the L.A. Coliseum is so historical. And I know it's old and this and that. But it was cool to see the L.A. Rams back in the Coliseum. Uh, kind of where it all started. I went to games when they played at Anaheim Stadium, but the Coliseum is something truly special and, and something that I haven't an opportunity to go to a few Rams games myself the past couple of years. It was just truly, truly special. Uh -huh. uh, so, I mean, obviously that first year was pretty rough, but what can you tell me about some of the, uh, the, the, next, the, the next years, kind of the McVay years, you know, making the playoffs in 17, going to the Super Bowl in 18? Was that just like an unreal experience like it was for me yeah it was it was amazing um i'm definitely glad that the rams got rid of fisher that was probably the <laughs> best move that they made um but yeah uh besides that first year those next two years going to the games the atmosphere um i mean it was it was an amazing experience um i mean it's sad that we won't be able to experience that again uh, this coming year, if it ends up happening at the the new stadium, but uh, definitely always something that I'll definitely, make. man. Yeah, I uh, I went to three Rams games last year, uh, and they lost every single one. So it's my fault. But I went to the the Buccaneer game. That was the first time I took my dad, and it's a oh that yeah, was a... that was a rough one. Uh, but I took I hadn't taken my dad. Uh, I took him to a game. He hadn't been to a one in you know since they left Anaheim. And it was so cool to kind of return the favor for him uh, almost 30 years later, 20, whatever it is, 27 years. And to take him to the Coliseum it was a hot day. And unfortunately the Rams, uh, you know, <laughs> got beat up and, uh, but, but to go with my dad um, was incredible. It took me back to those years when I was a little kid. Uh, so I got to imagine going to games with your dad, especially season tickets must've just been so much fun because so many kids, Still haven't been to NFL games here in Los Angeles. Yeah, um, it was it was an amazing experience. Um, like, like we touched upon earlier, the first season was you know a grind, um, but the the two after that they were just oh they yeah. Were and, and so, what are your thoughts, uh, Danny? On uh, okay, obviously the new stadium I'm excited about, and we probably won't get to go in it this year. But what are your thoughts on uh, the stadium, and then also this? Because of the stadium, because they're going into this new stadium, they got this rebranding thing going on where they kind of brought back the royal blue and, uh -huh. ye and gold yellow, uh, but they got these new uniforms. So in, in any order you want, what do you, 
What are your yeah. thoughts on these these new uniforms for our Los Angeles Rams? So I'm fine with the color. I'm just not fine with the look. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it's almost a little too cartoonish mm-hmm. for me. Um, I definitely liked the logo that they had last year. Even the logo that they had in uh, in St. Louis, I prefer uh, that over this new one. But you know, like all things, it might just take some getting. Used to. Hey, I think that you're right about that. I I wish they had kept just the horn. Just keep the horn. If you want to have some other side logos, or they, I think they were so adamant about putting LA on there that they just they tried a little too hard for me. And, and I wish that the helmets. Yeah. I mean, the helmets are iconic. I, I really wish they had kept the full horn. Like, do whatever you want with it. But, man, that's the first logo, really, that was on a a football helmet uh, for anybody. And so for that to change, I'm like, oh, man, I, I don't change very well, as, you, as I'm sure you can tell. Uh, but, but uh, you know, hey, yeah. it's still the, the team I love, the team I, I will be pulling for. Uh, hopefully they play this year. And just what, what are your thoughts on kind of that new stadium? Doesn't that place look pretty awesome? It is awesome. Um, we're actually able to get a uh, virtual tour online um, since we were potential uh, season ticket holders, which was pretty cool. They actually invited us to come and uh, and see the stadium. Uh, they had a whole uh, mock-up about what it was going to look like. Um, and it, it was just a big sales pitch, and it wasn't going to be fun to just go take a look at it and have them try to sell <laughs> you on it. So, uh so I just did it online, but it, it looks amazing. It, I mean, it, it stinks that it's going to have to be a shared stadium. But yeah, I know. Nice. I'm not a fan of that, but you know, the Lakers Clippers do that. And you know, it is, we, we know who's paying the bill. Mr. Cronkies is definitely paying, uh, paying the bill on it. Yeah. So, uh, but I've driven past it a few times up close and personal. And I'm like, man, this thing is huge. I had an opportunity to go to Dallas yeah. with my brother, Sam. We went to the Dallas game. That stadium in Dallas is unbelievable. That atmosphere, uh, everything around it is incredible. And I was, I was just like, man, I hope and pray that L.A. with their new stadium, that it, it, it is a portion, a fraction of this, because this is unreal. And I think it will be. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if, if not at an, an equal level. Definitely. It's, it's going to be awesome. I, I can't wait. I hope we have football. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm confident we will. It'll be very different looking. Uh, but, but the one uh, last couple things I, I want to talk to you about here are with uh, sports coming back. I mean, the NBA is doing this bubble thing. Uh, Major League Baseball is going to try to play without fans this really short season. What are, what are your thoughts on sports returning uh, as far as those kind of the, the, uh, the mainstream you know, team sports, specifically like basketball and, and baseball? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm for it and I'm kind of against it in a certain way. Um, only against it because I know that something's going to happen and they're going to shut it down. And I don't want to get my hopes up when, you know, they say, Oh, we're coming back to play. And Oh, you know, some people got the virus. We're Mm -hmm. shutting it down now. So, I mean, if, if, if you're going to do that, just don't open it in the first place because you know, people are going to get it. It's inevitable. Um, but as a sports watcher, you know, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I, w- I want to be able to, to watch sports again. I think it, it would at least be a step in the right direction. And maybe uh, some of the people that are really 
amped up about, you know, this virus and how can we get out there and, and do anything because there's a virus out there. I think for some people, it's like, look, we can, we can play sports. We can, we can move forward. And for the, and for the other uh, skeptics out there who are the other way kind of with this virus thing, they can, they can see that, okay, we're starting to make some progress. We can all listen to each other maybe a little bit more. I think it will be good for everybody, but I think you're right in the sense that I'm not confident that once it starts that it's going to finish because if we've learned anything in these last few yeah. months, it's that uh, <laughs> you can have your game plan, but uh, that's not how it works all the time. Yeah. I mean, just what California two days ago, I think they started, you know, shutting everything back down and, I'm, I have a feeling that sports is going to be the exact same way. And there's no point in getting hope. Yeah, it, it's kind of sad because you want to be excited. But, yeah, I, I'm kind of in, indifferent now because of that. It's like, well, this is until, until we're back to normal uh, and not a new normal, a normal, and, and see, seeing how things yeah. are supposed to be, however long that takes. I just hope that, man, this time next year we're not still doing some of this stuff that hopefully – uh, it's not a long-term uh, problem. It's just something that we can fight through and get through here in the next few weeks, months, whatever it is, and uh, move about our lives for sure. Yeah, I, I, I hope 2021 is, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that, are, that can't wait for that uh, December 31st uh, New Year's Eve night just to turn – Turn the calendar on this this year that has been. Although uh, there's not, it's not all bad. I mean, you 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 and your wife welcomed a young child, yeah. and uh, I think that is wonderful. I'm really happy to hear that you guys are doing so well, uh, and that everything else is going pretty well for you as well, uh, Danny. As we kind of wrap up here, I mean, anything else you'd like to say, or, or any parting uh, uh, final thoughts you have? Um, no, not really. Just uh, thanks. For, for having me on. Oh, of course, man. Anytime. And uh, we'll definitely uh, be talking, uh, maybe probably some Rams football here because uh, it's the one sport that will be starting up that I think uh, I'm, I'm confident will happen. But uh, we'll be in touch, man. And thank you so much for coming on. My best to, uh, to Brittany and Sophia and uh, your parents, man. It's been a long time, and I hope everyone continues to be well and continues to be safe. Oh, thank you. I'll I'll definitely let my parents know you said. So. <laughs> All right, Danny. Take care. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Another big thank you from Danny Castro. Thanks for coming on the program. It was great catching up with you, man. And uh, my best to you and Brittany and uh, little Sophie. Uh, it's great stuff, man. It's great seeing uh, the kids you knew kind of grow up to be uh, fathers and husbands. And I think it's wonderful stuff. So keep up the great work. My best to the family and can't wait to, to see what's next down the road for your guys. Uh, my best to your parents as well. Great, uh, great family, the Castro family. So uh, nothing but uh, high praise for them. Thanks again, Danny. Well, guys, tomorrow we will be joined by Gavin Hansen on the program. Gavin and I were uh, in minor league baseball together a short time. He actually was my partner in the very first professional game I ever worked. We were roommates a few times on the road at some various, uh, you know, an evaluation course. And uh, we worked a lot together that first year in minor league baseball. He was in uh, three years, I think. I was in four. Um, what Gavin does now is he works 
in politics in Minnesota. He lives in St. Paul, Minnesota. So we have plenty to talk about with Gavin tomorrow on the Get Home Safe podcast. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on uh, the past few months in Minnesota and also his contributions to uh, politics and kind of the political uh, front line, if you will, uh, working at Capitol Hill or, or not Capitol Hill, but Capitol, the Capitol in St. Paul and uh, all the things that uh, his line of work involves. Can't wait for you guys to hear that. We'll talk a little baseball, but also a lot of politics. So looking forward to talking to Gavin Hansen tomorrow. Be sure to join us. A big thank you again to Kevin Scarpio for writing into the show to get my thoughts on some of the good traditions and sports i hope i didn't ramble off too long but i could talk about sports and traditions and all those types of things for hours and hours and hours so maybe we'll get to some more of those down the road or as they come up here when we get sports back uh looking forward to that man major league baseball opening up on thursday how about that huh real live baseball i I watched a little bit of the yankees mets uh, exhibition game over the weekend and it looks very very different that's for sure with uh, out fans and just uh, phantom high fives and, and all these little things so a very different thing but you know what baseball will be back Thursday can't wait to watch some uh, some baseball it's been a long time and uh, we'll see what happens with it. I'm, I'm curious how the season plays out. But, yeah, that starts up Thursday. Looking forward to that. Uh, guys, as always, you can reach us through many different options, many different platforms. Uh, Kevin's wrote in. He contacted us through our Instagram page. But however you want to do it, man, we're, we're sitting here. We're, we're ready and willing to hear from everyone and looking forward to hearing from all of our listeners. It's just a lot of fun to keep everyone involved. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. Feel free to add us as a favorite if you use the Anchor app. You can also leave a voice message if you use the Anchor app. You can uh, leave a message 10, 10, 20, 30 seconds, however long you want it to be. I can then play that message on the podcast and then answer or give my rebuttal or whatever the case may be. And we don't have a caller in by call in show by any means, but it's kind of something like that. So if you'd like to get involved, those are some great options and ways that you can. Uh, contribute and have your voice heard here on the Get Home Safe podcast. A big thank you to Anchor for making this all incredibly easy or easier, I should say, for a non-tech guy like me. I'm learning as I go. I can't believe how many episodes we have put out here the past few months. It's just been a blast and Anchor has really made it uh, much easier for a guy like me and they've been with me every step of the way. So a big thank you to Anchor, but wherever you listen to our podcast, whether it be Apple or Spotify or any other platform, we appreciate your listenership. We are well over 5,000 total plays now. Uh, tomorrow, I'll give you guys some, maybe some analytics as to some of the numbers, some of the more popular episodes we have had. Uh, but as always, you can go back and look at any episodes you'd like. They're up on their Anchor app. They're up uh, wherever you listen to our podcast. You can uh, listen to our previous episodes. We continue to have uh, some of those episodes played uh, throughout the, the year here. And so it's it's really fun to look back at where things started back in March or even January for me starting up with this podcast and to see where they've grown. Hopefully there's been some improvement. I know there's been some improvement audio-wise, and I hope that that continues as well as we move forward here on the Get Home Safe podcast. And we couldn't do it without you guys. So thank you so much for all your kind words, your listenership, uh, anything else I'm not thinking of. I just really appreciate 
the fact that uh, you guys are helping this show continue by uh, listening every day and just uh, sometimes just chatting me up every now and then off the air and saying, hey, I love the show. Keep it up. So that is very uh, very nice to hear and looking forward to putting out more episodes here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Thanks again, Danny Castro. Great interview. That was a blast. Uh, Gavin Hansen, we'll hear from you tomorrow. Looking forward to that as well. So guys, whatever you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.